Hello and welcome to Career Move Secrets, a brand new podcast for active job seekers and the career minded. In each episode, I'll interview a special guest from my global network. Guests will include seasoned recruiters, experienced hiring managers from companies big and small, and successful individuals who have developed great careers through making great career moves. My aim is to uncover and share my guests' unique perspectives, their insights, and their insider advice on job searching, interviewing, and career enhancement. My name is Tony Talbot, and I've been working in the recruitment industry as an international headhunter for over 20 years. I'm the creator of CareerMoveSecrets.com, a step-by-step online course for job seekers that I designed to be the ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. I will add my perspective to the conversation and together with my guests, we hope to provide some genuine, actionable insider advice that will help you execute your next career move. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Career Move Secrets and today's guest is Mark Inskip. Mark is an experienced CEO, he's an entrepreneur and a business leader and today he's the CEO for UK and Ireland of Kantar Media. Hi Mark, how are you? Uh, yeah, good morning. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not too bad. Uh, enjoying enjoying the beautiful weather today. <laughs> uh, is it uh, is it raining near you? Is it it's, near uh, you? yes, yes, it's persisting down um, uh, with uh, with vigour. Uh, so a bit, a bit of a grotty day today, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. And you at home, Mark? Are you? Have yeah, you been yeah. working from home like everyone else? I've been I've been at home since March, uh, and mm. actually, I was just just contemplating. Sort of, we've had. I mean, I've spent a good chunk of the last six months actually working from the garden rather than working from home. I, I put a Lovely. I put a bit of a Wi-Fi router sort of booster in so I can get decent Wi-Fi in, on the table in the garden. I've worked from there a lot. I'm not going to be able to do that over the next six months. So working in. Uh, yeah. In, in a in a sort of a darker environment might uh, might uh, might test uh, test my inner strength a little bit but um but yeah we'll see how it goes and, and has that been the case for most people in your organization then working from home and and you know using teams and things like that to, to, to communicate yeah pretty much everybody um so we you know we followed the initial government advice in march and closed our offices and actually, we didn't open our offices again until the 14th of September. Uh, and even then, not nowhere near at full capacity, obviously, with mm. COVID and, and safe safe distancing and all that lovely stuff. Uh, and then two weeks later, uh, the government advice changes again in terms of now we're back into that uh, slightly vague space of work from home if you can. Um, so our offices remain open uh, for people who want to go to the office and who can get there safely. Um but we've got, you know, we've got very low attendance. I, I don't know the specifics, but if I, I'm, my team are probably, you know, 98% and 99% working from home and have been now for six months, which uh, presents some challenges. But, uh, um, but it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a, an interesting experience. Mm, so it certainly has been that. Um, and you have a very interesting background, Mark. I, I obviously know a little bit about it having done the research, but um, of course the listeners will not know. Could, could you give us the... Uh, the, the sort of uh, career history, if you could. Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, interesting is a is a brilliant, brilliantly British polite word, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> eclectic maybe, or as my, as my mm. wonderful children say, or, uh, you know, uh, one day I'm sure I'll find something I'm good at. Uh, so, uh, so that, that's that's something. Family, strong family support, uh, but no, but it's good. So look, I, I think I roughly roughly chunk my career in, uh, in, up into into three stages so far. Um, the first 
yeah, and they overlap a bit, of course, right? But sort of the first 10 years working in marketing. Um, so uh, I worked at 3M and Axe and Nobel uh, and then and spent a decent chunk of time at British Gas, ended up running most of British Gas's marketing uh, and, um, you know, learnt, uh, learnt how to sell and be a marketer um, in, in, uh, in that time. I then flipped to the sort of the next 10 years as, as mostly some kind of management consultant. Uh, I ended up becoming a partner at Accenture, founded my own consulting firm um, with some friends from Accenture um, uh, and worked at place and ran consulting for Ogilvy ad agency and all those kind of things. Um, and then the last, well, the last, again, not quite 10 years yet, but, but sort of seven or eight years, uh, probably as a business leader on the whole. So um uh, I was, uh, as well as obviously founding my own business, I ran an agency, and then I've been at Kantar, which uh, you know is, is a great big uh, behemoth of a market research agency. Um, I'm not a market researcher; I don't know how any of it works. It's all magic, um, but but I run, I ran globally their futures practice, which was a, a sort of a strategic consulting business, and I'm now running, I'm now running the, as you said in my intro, the sort of the media division here in the UK and Ireland. So. Uh, it's, I roughly chunk it up into into those into those kind of three three phases. Um, hopefully, there's a couple more to come, uh, but uh, but we'll uh, we'll see we'll see where we'll see where I end up. Well, I think most people would say that's a very successful career. I mean, there's some there's some great big you know blue chip organisations in there right the way through, and you know, you know move into management consultancy out of you know just the, the internal marketing and then into into agency and then again into some very big big player so i think most people would see that as a as a highly successful career um you're very modest which is i'm not it's 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 um uh i i i i have high i set myself high standards um and i um, whilst i'm yes you're absolutely right I, I wouldn't you know my career has been reasonably successful uh, and there's still a big part of me obviously that that um is frustrated and disappointed. I've not been promoted faster. Uh, you know, I'm not earning more uh, on all of those things that, that I had when I was a 20 year old uh, coming out of university. Uh, those things don't go away. So I think they're, I think they're a, a strength that's driven me on um, to try and achieve. And yes, when I stand back and reflect, I can't be disappointed with what I've achieved. Um, but, um, but I, 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 I hope I haven't achieved. I hope there's more yet to come. I suppose is, is how I try and I try. And I'm sure it. there is. I'm sure there is. And how, how have those moves come about? Because I'm always fascinated to find out whether, you know, you went out looking for roles and, and how you did yeah. that or whether roles came and found you. What, what, what would you say? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a few, in those different segments, how, how did things materialize for you? Yeah, this, I think there's been a, it's, it's been a mix. And, and I think it's changed uh, as I've become more senior. Certainly at the beginning, I went looking for roles. I like everybody. I mean, everybody else at the time looked in the back of marketing week magazine and, and found a few ads and applied for a few jobs and, and got them right um, and so um, uh, yeah that was certainly certainly the first two or three three or four roles that I had I, I sort of I, I found as time has progressed uh, most of I haven't applied for a job in that way uh, other than internal, I actually had to apply for, I had to apply for this job internally uh, and, and and then meet an external headhunter uh, it was just all a bit all a bit bizarre but but you know so I had I have had to apply but but up until then I hadn't applied for a job really for you know for quite a long time that um, either through previous bosses previous bosses have hired me a couple of times um, and then through headhunters and so on, and through the you know through that kind of that, that part of the marketplace, then then jobs have jobs have come about. Um, if I think about my 
my two big bigger switches if you like uh, um so from from being a marketer to a consultant uh, one of the last things i did when i was at british gas is i was involved in the leadership team of the creation of a business called house.co.uk which at the time was was quite radical cutting edge dig- digital business as um we launched in 2001 this is making me feel very old mm-hmm. um um and but in in that process, we worked a lot with Accenture and worked a lot worked a lot with as management consultants. And when I left British Gas, I went to financial services marketing, did that for a couple of years, uh, and then decided not to be part of a management buyout of the of the firm I was working for. And um, uh, phoned a few colleagues, and actually my old boss had, had moved from British Gas to Accenture, and he said, "Well, why don't you come and do a couple of weeks' work? It's the two week two weeks' work of consulting while you're figuring out what you want to do." And I ended up staying, I don't know, five years, whatever it was. So. Um, yeah, that, that so that was that migration, and then when I left, um, I left uh, consulting. I went from Accenture to Ogilvy to Bourne from memory, um, and there was a few sort of you know uh, headhunters and stuff along the way. Um, and when I joined Cantar, actually Cantar was um, a long-standing headhunter connection. Phoned me to say, interesting job. Um, could, you could be you know you could be right for this. Do you want to, do you want to have a chat? Um, and eleven months later, I kid you not, eleven months later, I got offered. I, I got offered the job. Um, so uh, yeah. it was. Uh, it, so I certainly went through went through a bit of a process. But yeah, so yeah, so it's a, it's been a really a varied mix. Yeah, that was a bit protracted. Eleven months. I think yeah. that might be the world record actually, or somewhere yeah. near it. Uh, yeah. But it does. It does happen that way. It's it's classic stuff actually. It's early. You know what I'm finding through these these conversations is early career. Most people do apply for jobs you know, online or wherever else. And, you know, they go into the mix with everyone else. In sort of mid and um, later career, it, the market finds them. And it's it's once you've developed that network, you know, both a network of, you know, clients and past colleagues and all of that sort of stuff, but also um, a network of maybe a re- recruiters that know you and understand what you do and, and who you would be right for. So that that is that is similar t- to what I've been experiencing. Um, I'm interested as well in 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 the sort of market that you're in these days because, as as we were talking about off air, I was saying I, I tend to think of the 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 agencies really you know on on the rise if you like um, the internet and uh, digital marketing seems to have put them front of center and, and much further in the minds of the the C suite in terms of you know it, it marketing is is pretty much everything now everyone's got to have attention in order to to drive sales um, and you know there's so many channels and it's also complicated um, I get the sense that you guys are doing more and more moving more into the sort of it's interesting your background more into the consulting area than just what what they used to do which was buy media and, and all that type of stuff so how is how is your market at the moment is it still on the rise or has uh you know recent travails around the world slowed you guys down as well uh, well I, I mean i think covid has certainly had an impact uh, on us like like every other business uh, you know we've worked hard to try and sort of mitigate that as much as we can i i think it's i think it's uh, i think it's uh, it's a t- terrible politician's answer right in terms of it depends mm-hmm. um uh, and it but it, but i think it genuinely does depend on where you're at in which sector I, I think you're absolutely right i think overall the the profession uh, of, of marketing uh, and um and its importance in organizations has has universally risen over the last 20 years i've been in this marketplace um you know, it used to be the only time the chief exec uh, was interested in what you were doing for marketing is that they wanted to see the TV ad 
right? Because that's mm. what that, you know that's what their friends would see, right? and they always had an opinion. And obviously, you know, they, they were always right. Uh, certainly, there's there's more C-suite involvement um, in in marketing through the advent of digital in its importance and its driver and customer. Um, and I think, but in terms of from a business perspective, I think it really depends on where you're at. I, I think some some agencies um, uh, have found it very difficult. Um, I think you know, I think others have, have grown exponentially. Um, I think where I currently sit in in research, I think we probably sit somewhere in the middle. I think you know, digital technologies in particular. Have, are in the process of transforming, you know, the research business, its methodologies, and so on, and that's very challenging. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, you know, there, there's there, there's uh, there's uh, you know, within the industry, I've learned this right in terms of this world, you know, the where the end of market research is nigh, the death, you know, we, nobody will know, we will no longer need to do market research because we can just go and Google what consumers think, right? Um, actually, my experience, my position, and experience is very different. It's actually absolutely new technologies are challenging the methodology, how we go about understanding and 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 uh, interpreting how consumers and people think, act, behave, vote, buy. You know, all of those kind of things. Um, but so, what's the methodology being challenged? Actually, the fundamental need of understanding consumers has never been in greater demand because the world has never been more complex. Yeah. And if yeah, and if you're a marketer, frankly, if you're any kind of business trying to understand a human being that is your customer, your client, your consumer, um, actually, it's never been more complicated to try and figure out what you know which way, which way is up. Um, uh, and I think so. That's so. I think there's. I, th- I think it's a bit schizophrenic, right? As I, said, I think it's a bit. It's, it's definitely painful because it's challenging the way we work and the way businesses have worked for a long time. But there's definitely opportunity because what we do is in is in i don't i think has never been in fun, never, never been in greater need and, and that's slowly i think translating into demand i.e i.e dollars <laughs> right mm. uh, but that's kind of how it kind of how it's working through i think right i think it's mm. it's um there, there, there is uh, I, there is no um absolute answer in this uh, i think it's i think it's fair to say I think anything anything in related to the digital world and and you know is is you know is where the actions are isn't it at the moment particularly with us all being at home and um you know all plugged into the internet even more than we ever have been before so it does seem to be you seem to be in the right place mark i think that's 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 fair to say and in terms of you know being in the right place if you like and 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 being in a leadership role um how have you how have you been recruiting? I mean, I'm sure you're probably maybe not recruiting so much right now, um, but over, over, you know, recent years, you've been, I'm sure recruiting quite extensively. What, What do you tend to look for and what channels have you tended to use to bring people into your business? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good question. Um, uh, I mean, I personally um, get uh, excited by attitude. Probably sometimes, perhaps too much. Uh, mm. But but I, you know, I like I like positive, energetic people. And in some respects, it's a you know, it's it's some of my own unconscious bias uh, coming through Reflection. in that. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, right. In terms of mm. because because I, I I like I like that. I think. Uh, like everybody else over the years, I've made some great hires and made some awful hires, right? Mm. And um, uh, and how some of that kind of works out. So, I mean, um, depends on the seniority, the role. But you know, I work. You know, I enjoy, and I think we get some of our best candidates from from people we know. So, yes. my, you know, my team, my leadership team, the extended organisation. You know, actually, people who know good people uh, is 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 really valuable. Um, 
and and you know that, that's where we try and start um uh, but then you know of course over the years i've advertised use headhunters etc you know all, all of all of the above in terms of to try and because actually there is a there is a real shortage of brilliant candidates yes honestly i mean that's i don't, I don't want to you know it's um uh, and actually um a real and often a real shortage of brilliant candidates at a budget you can afford as well right mm-hmm. so so that because because you know there's obviously you know those are often a constraint so yeah it's it's a tricky thing um there's a lot of people out there with a um, an overinflated uh, view of their self-worth uh, um and and competence in my experience uh, <laughs> and, and trying to avoid those is uh, is uh, is quite tricky sometimes yeah is it, your your experience is, is definitely the experience that i suggest you know most of my clients have which is the first thing they do if they if they think there's a gap in their business or a problem that they want to solve that they think they can't solve with the existing talent they have they ask themselves uh, you know collectively as a group who do we know that could do this you know that's the yeah. first that's the first thing that most companies do and i'm not sure that um you know, people always realise that you you not the first thing you don't do is is write an advert because you don't really understand what your job spec is. It's very, you know, back of a, a fag paper sort of idea. It's it's normally two or three bullet points, isn't it? I want this. Yeah. We don't have this. It and, and that's it. It isn't particularly uh, fleshed out at that point. And you know, maybe through the network, um, which by by the way is is the most successful recruitment channel. The the, the statistics, and and I'm sure you're you're into statistics, Mark, um, mm-hmm. would suggest that over forty percent of, of of hires are made through referrals. You know, and that's an internal refer- referral within a business, and and you know that is the best channel because also, you know, if somebody is recommended to you by somebody that you already know, like and trust, you, you know, there's there's you're already ahead of the game a little bit, you know, you're doing less yeah, exactly. work to get the person. So that's, that's definitely the case when you do eventually go out to market, which might be, you know, probably a, a, a conversation with a, a trusted recruiter with just those three, four bullet points. And then they run around trying to find somebody for you or indeed an internal recruiter that do the same. It still doesn't get to an advert at that stage. But I think most, most roles that get to an advert stage is because, you know that maybe you're struggling a bit but there's there's normally three or four five or six more important things happening than the advert the adverts are sort of safety net type thing and and i'm not sure that people understand that when they apply to a job that actually you know their chances of getting on the shortlist are pretty slim i think it's it's two percent of yeah i'm not 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 surprised uh uh, yeah at all at at those numbers and you're right, and it's really, in some respects, it's comforting to hear right, mm. that that um, there's a lot of that based on two or three bullet points, because that's kind of how my how my brain works uh, mm. in terms of we've got a problem, this is it, how do we fix mm. it, where do we need to do it? Here's the two or three things that are important, because actually, if I'm if I'm hiring great talent, uh, the reality is the job will be different six months after they've started, uh, because there'll be different things to do. So, so writing a job description that's 55 bullet points long and it is, is, is moderately pointless. Now I'm forced to do it often because that's how our HR process works and I can't get a job signed off without a detailed job description. And, you know, you, you, there is a process we have to follow. Um, but in reality, uh, my sort of, which is why I sort of said, I think, you know, that, that, that sort of attitude is an aptitude or sort of equal part importance for me because I'm, I'm you know, you, look, I'm hiring you to fix this problem. That might take you six months or 12 months, but really what I'm hiring is your talent Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm looking for is, is bright, brilliant, 
people that can come and fix things, make things better, make things go faster, um, uh, and which the brief will be constantly evolving, um, uh, and therefore that you know. So so yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. I'm, it, it just you reminded me actually that one of the jobs when I moved to um, uh, moved to Bourne from Ogilvy, which was a private equity back uh, private equity equity backed can't even say it um uh, sort of digital agency going through a really quite needing to go through quite a brutal transformation uh and we you know we, we you know we, we turned it around and it, we, we did great but actually the headhunter at one point in that process that phoned me said yeah you, you know went right at the end you know congratulations you were candidate number 57 uh, wow. <laughs> that, they, that, that we'd gone through to try and find somebody that would fit the role uh, so you know so yeah and well, um you know they had well to, that's you an know. interesting point you make that it, it, in fact I always argue when you let's say you you've you've done the thing you've gone to your network or indeed you've 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 um, you've invited the headhunters in or and indeed maybe you know done the uh, done the advertising piece. Actually, the the brief, the role, it evolves over time and it and it, it evolves by the people that you actually meet. Um, yeah. Each one of those adds something to the mix that you're probably thinking, God, I, you know that experience is really important. I wish, you know. Dave, the next candidate, will has that, or that that previous lady, if she just had a bit more of this, it, it does evolve. So this idea of a, a sort of um, you know piece of paper that um, that has a number of bullet points on it that that um, you know quite often I find candidates want to cling to this idea of a job spec and think mm. that that is that is going to tell them something about the role. I, I, I disagree with that. The way that you understand the role is you, by asking questions of the hiring manager and understanding the situation that they're in and then, you know, yeah. batting that about. You, you don't get it from this sort of, this piece of paper. In my well, I, yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and the reality, again, particularly most senior roles now, you'll be asked to present, right? In, in some way, shape, yeah, yeah. you know, to, to, sure. and, that, and that for me is, is a massive opportunity uh, to demonstrate your your attitude and attitude, right? And I, mm. you know, I, I love being, love being given those opportunities. And, and but I have to tell you, you know, that often it, 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 those presentations are really disappointing. Particularly, mm. and it's when it's really even for candidates that have interviewed really well. Yeah. So you, you you've gone through the you know you've done uh, you've done my proper due diligence in terms of competency based interviewing, and I've you know you, you, you've got some relevant experience. I think you know I like you. This is all good, right? Uh, and then we say, right, okay, well, we'd like you to present 10 minutes on mm. whatever, either a, a, something random or something related to the role or your 90-day plan or something. Mm. And we lose many candidates at that stage um, because they are some combination uh, of there's no clarity of thought, thought um, yeah. mm. uh, in terms of there isn't a, you know, the quality of the presentation. Um, the bravery that's missing um, mm. is dull, quite frankly. Yeah, and for me, that that's been that, that you know that's a, a real acid test. But a real and the best people in that, the best people come with real simplicity, clarity of thought, a real understanding of the role. They've done their research, mm. um, and they're challenging, right? And they don't have to be right. You know that that's not what we're looking for. But somebody walks into the room and says, "Look, I've done my research. I've done a bit of look. I've looked at the job spec, what it's worth. Um, I've had I've had similar challenges. If if this was my job, this is where I would start, or this is how I would answer this question. Uh, and we, I've given to you know, I've, I've given jobs to people who are fundamentally disagreed with their interpretation, right? Their answer, but 
They're bold, they're clear, it, it's concise, it's well thought through. Um, and so they they can they can process problems, right? They you know, and um, it, it's it's fascinating how many people really seem to struggle in that you know in that clarity or just the bravery just going you know it's one thing when we set up um one of the, one of the things we set up uh, when we set up our consulting business we called manifesto we we said as a as a group of founding partners one of the things we wanted to be was brave and bold with our clients and so actually a slide we inserted at the end of most of our work and our presentations as a, you know like all consultants it was mostly powerpoint based um was if this was our business, here are the three things we would do. Mm. And the we got amazing reactions from our clients on that, that actually we were prepared to stick our neck out and go, no, this, this is what we think you need to get done. And, and some of that was challenging, right? Uh, and as opposed to the blandness that is often delivered, either in these interviews or in terms of in terms of by management consultants, right? In terms of not prepared to rock the boat and upset clients and in managing the politics, we were we were you know a little, hopefully a little bit more um, whatever you know ballsy than that in terms of uh, right. This is what we think you should do. You don't have to agree with us, but you know that, that this is would be our perspective. So so idea, yeah, I'd encourage anybody um, to be brave, do the homework, do the research, get it clear, and be brave. Absolutely. That, that piece where, you know, we've had a couple of meetings perhaps and, you know, we get to the presentation meeting and, and every one of my hires goes through that process, by the way, with, you know, when, when I set a process with, uh, with one of my clients, it's always the end piece is the presentation. And you're right. So many of them fall down at that point. Um, it's incredible that that really, you've, you've now got an open forum um, to present your ideas in the way that you want to present them, and that is often when people fall down. Um, in fact, in you know, in the course that I that I create, uh, create Move Secrets, there's there's a there's a whole module on that, and I give people you know done for you presentations that they can then slot into because it, I, it's amazing how people don't get the structure right. There's a, there is a structure to these things. You know, you if you're trying to deliver something to an audience, you've got to do it in a structured way, simple way that they can then understand. Um, I grant you that most situations where people go into that presentation, they don't have all the facts. They don't have all the material. You yeah, have to do lots always. and lots of research, but you, you've got to you've got to take a, a guess and you've got to caveat it with, look, I don't know everything about it, but if this is what I believe to be the case, then based on that, I'm I'm suggesting this, this, and this. Um, yeah, and you have to have a ninety day plan. It's in my 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 uh, it's in my uh, my course as well because if you, as a senior person, if you you're in you're in charge of your own onboarding. And you do that, you do you, you start your onboarding in that presentation meeting. You tell yep. people what you're going to do, the impact you're going to have, and the fact that you've got a strategy because in any senior piece of recruitment, you're not buying somebody that you're going to hold their hand and you know show them where you know you show them where the laptop is and that's about it. You you everything else is down to you. And yep. if you haven't demonstrated that interview, you're not going to get the job. That's my opinion. And and, and it's interesting that you say that you seem yeah, to share. I don't, I, yeah, I do. I don't, I don't disagree at all. I, I, I think, um, I, I think I probably, you know, I think helpfully for me, I learned, learned a, a couple of things probably in my time as a I probably, I, I learned lots as a management consultant, but two, two things stand out that stand that helped me today. What one management consultants are typically very good at telling stories. Yes. Right, in terms of and having structure and following that process, and and, and that I've, I've taken forward, and actually just just between us, management consultants are also very good at making stuff up, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> and um, without perfect knowledge, because as a consultant, you go into a business, and within days or or weeks, you 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 know you have to present back the future of the organisation and the strategy, and 
to people who've been in the business 10 years right mm. uh, and, and the interview process is exactly the same you know you've had you've had a job spec they might have sent you some data um you can get on the web and do a bit of research but you're gonna you you know if you spend all of your time worrying about the data you haven't got rather than embracing what you do have mm. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna trip up right and, and that you know that that you've just got to get on with it, and uh, as I say, and I think that's where the bravery comes. The bravery is not in terms of like, well, the first thing I'm going to come in and do is you know reboot the organisation mm-hmm. and fire everybody. The bravery mm-hmm. is actually you're going to have to present what you think the strategy should be for your 90 day plan or the organisation with 10 percent of the knowledge that you that ideally you need. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's that becomes the, I mean, for me, that's the that that is partially the definition of leadership i i don't make a single definite i don't make a single decision with perfect knowledge far from it mm. right uh, and you have to be comfortable in doing that um otherwise otherwise frankly honestly leadership isn't for you um because that's <laughs> yeah. you've got to make a decision haven't you one way or the yeah, other you've, you got to, you've got to get off the <laughs> yeah, fence yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah, and it's, I, I think it is. It's an incredible part of the, the process. If you've gone through, you know, if you've gone through the first few meetings where it's the it's the getting to know you session, um, and you're invited back for the last piece, that's when you've really got to up your game and and do the the research. And I would do, you know, a bit of primary research as well. I'd really say, you know, big organisation like yours, you can find somebody that you know through somebody else through somebody else to to get that that inside track information that isn't, you know, isn't just the the stuff on the website about values or isn't just the, the, the piece about, you know, uh, the, the press releases that everybody else sees, but it's the inside track, particularly given that you're more often than not, you're not joining the whole organization. You're joining a piece of the business, a yep. business unit, which maybe has a completely different, you know, client base, look, feel everything than, than, than other bits. So you need to get something about that. If, you know, not maybe not somebody that works in it, maybe somebody who's worked in it before, you know, we've never had more information at our fingertips through things like LinkedIn. You can get to somebody and find something out. And that that little piece can be the difference between success and failure, that bit of information that makes your presentation stand out. I, I, I tend yeah, to. well, I, I think I think again. Actually, another another, th- another thing from management consulting, but you know, every, everybody loves a shiny thing, right? Every, you know, mm-hmm. it's got some some bit of sparkle in there. Um, and without wishing to give too much away, because because this is one of one of the things I do, right? Let's tell me. So I don't want, I don't you know, if I'm competing with somebody, right? But actually, I will where it's where I can. I will pretend to be a customer. I'll mystery shop them. Mm. Yeah, that's a so good I, idea. Really good right? idea. Yeah. So, so I've done it numerous times. I've phoned them up and pretended to be interested in buying the product. And tell, mm. tell me about it. Somebody's, you know, help me th- sell it to me and have a couple of conversations with different people. And I, I don't know, you know, even use a false name. And, you know, it's all very exciting. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? yeah. But uh, it, you get a real sense for an organization um, uh, after, when you when you talk to the people directly. So I think agree with you. Leverage your network, leverage the internet. You know, find out when actually I, I find you can't be phoning up and saying, "Hi, I'm interested in buying what you've got yourself. What, what you've got to sell? Can you tell me more about it?" Um, wow, you're 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 into our game, yeah. That's this sort of thing that as recruiters do, <laughs> always <laughs> ringing things up and trying to trying to get those first. It's pri- primary contact. It's just it's just the best. You know, you get yeah. the receptionist will tell you more than than most yeah, people absolutely. about any any. You know, it's always these these are the sort of channels, and I, I can't help you know stress enough. You know, in in the market that we're in at the moment, you know, if you you know, 
you might not get as many interviews as you want and that's 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 the case you've got to really maximize the opportunities that you do have and it's all of these sorts of things that uh, that make the difference you know not being the samey samey person that they you know they met you know they've they met that person five times you've got to have something different you've got to differentiate and i think some of that mark is uh, is gold dust so uh no, no, Mark, I, I've taken enough of your time. I'm conscious that uh, I'm going to eat into your day. I really appreciate uh, you coming on. I think you've given some great value. Um, thank you very much. No, it's my absolute pleasure. I hope, hope, um, I hope it was useful. <laughs> I'm sure uh, it will right, be. That's good. Cheers, Mark. All the best. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, some great insights there from Mark Inskip. Thanks very much for those, particularly around the presentation meeting, the all-important presentation meeting, and the fact that you need to be super well-prepared for it, including perhaps a 90-day plan. If you think that you need such a thing, and believe me, if you're in the recruitment process right now, you do, and you want a done-for-you, tried-and-tested presentation uh, template and indeed a 90-day plan then you want to look into my full premium course which includes that and many other things that will help you in your job search and you can find that at careermovesecrets.com and if you're enjoying these podcasts please consider subscribing because there will be more career move secrets podcasts coming very soon